things uh, from the parable of Jesus, right? I believe that was in Matthew. Um, uh, we looked at some of that on last, well, we concluded that last week. And, and there's something there, amen, that we have to understand about the kingdom of God. Uh, and I, and I want to share some information with you here in a second. Uh, but I want to say this to you. It's important that we understand that church membership, amen, is important. Amen. Why is it important? Because if God did not think that the church was necessary, he would not have died for her. Come on, somebody. I'm going to say one more time. If God did not think, amen, that the church was necessary, he would not die for her. And not only that, but the church, uh, brothers and sisters, the church is a place where we come together for a, lot of, for, for a lot of different reasons, but there are some main purposes that we come to the church, right? Uh, Ephesians chapter 5 says that um, as, as the wife, as the husband is the head of the wife, amen, so Christ is the head of the husband and the head of the church, Amen. So the, so if Christ is the head, let's get this correct. Let's get this right tonight. Um, understand this, that the church has a structure. Just like in any organization, there's an organizational chart. Come on, somebody. Amen. There's an organizational chart, right? And in that org chart, what you find is you find who the head is, you come down to the owner, then you come down to the executives, then you come down to the supervisors, and then you come down to whoever's next that's, that's running everything else. And so if I were to put an organizational chart together, come on, help me tonight, amen, of the church, I would say that the, the owner, the head, the scripture declares is Christ. And so uh, let me say this. The, I, I preached a sermon Sunday and I said, when you rejoice, the humble will hear it and rejoice with you, right? So we understand that not everybody will understand why you're praising God. We understand that when someone hears you say, I'm going to church, they're not going to really understand it. If they have no interest, let me say this. If you are a Christian, okay, you call yourself a Christian, amen, then as a Christian, you should want to come to church. Why? Because as in the parable, it says that it's like a man who found what? Treasure. Right? I want you to go there for a second. Go to Matthew 13. And let's go to, we're going to go to, um, verse 51. And what we'll find here, we'll find that Jesus now is talking, he already gave the parable, right? Told you he gave the parable. And upon giving the parable now, Jesus now talks about, he, he goes into, watch verse 51. He says, 
Have you understood all these things? You see this? He says, they said to him, yes. And Jesus said to them, therefore, every scribe, watch this now, who I think I dealt with this last week, right? Who has become what? A disciple of the kingdom. Remember what a scribe was, right? A scribe was a person who was good at, the, at, at, at translating the word, but not living the word. So the scribe had to become a disciple. So let me explain what the word disciple means. A disciple is a learner, a follower. What Jesus is after in the church, he's after disciples. In other words, he wants you to be a learner. When you come to church every week, you come to what? To learn, right? And I, I say this, the reason why I'm bringing this back to your attention about church membership because the pandemic somehow has caused a lot of people to believe that they don't need church membership. That they don't really need to assemble together as a local body, as a local body, watch this, to worship God together, to, to be discipled, to learn more about God, right? Here's the thing. You don't want to be so deep into the word where you're not a person that lives the word. You with me? There's a lot of people who are deep in the word, but they don't live the word. You follow me? Watch the text. The text says, therefore, every scribe who has become a disciple of the what? And I want to show you something here. See where it says kingdom of heaven? See that right there? I wanted to deal with that. You, you see where it says kingdom of heaven? The church, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven, right? Jesus, let me give you, let me give you the stats here, okay? In scripture, we find that the word kingdom is mentioned some 30 times plus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Instead of God calling it the church, he called it the kingdom. Now, in a kingdom, watch this, to them back then, it, there was no explanation. So 30 times in each book, that one phrase, that one word kingdom is mentioned over and over and over again for this reason. Because God wants you and I to understand that we belong to the kingdom. That we are kingdom people and we have a kingdom agenda. Why do we have a kingdom agenda? Because God has created us to be part of his kingdom. Watch this now. So that you and I, watch this, can carry out the kingdom orders. Amen. Now watch this. In every kingdom, there's a king. And we already know that Christ is the king, but how, does, how do we make that practical to our lives? 
Let's look at let's let's look at something. Go go here for me. Go here for me. Go to uh, that 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 thirty second fifty second verse of Matthew chapter thirteen. He says the kingdom of heaven is like the the kingdom of heaven is like a like a head of a household who brings out his treasured things new and old. See that? He's in other words, he's saying the head of the household has what? He, he brings out all of his treasures. He has access. He's the one running the house. Christ is the one who runs the house. And when you find the kingdom, when you find the church, listen, saints, I want to tell you something. There's nothing, and I told you this at the beginning of this series, that there's nothing like church membership. I've been part of a lot of things in my life. I've joined a whole lot of different clubs. Amen. But I want to tell you something. There's nothing like the church. Watch, watch this now. Watch verse 53. Now, Jesus comes out of the parable. It says that when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed from there and he came to his hometown and began teaching them in their what? Synagogue. Now, a synagogue was made up of seven people. You need seven people in order to have a synagogue because the temple, watch this, they would go there for worship, but they would go to the synagogue. The synagogue was also much like a church. It was where you went for instructions on how to live, amen, and how to you know, glorify God. Watch this. And Jesus began teaching there, so they were what? Astonished and said, where did this man get what? This wisdom and these miraculous power, powers. Now, watch verse 55 for a minute. I'm trying to help somebody with something tonight. See, when you come into the church, you got to understand that you cannot treat the church, amen, and the things that's happening in the church from the pastor down, you have to treat the church with a level of respect. You have to treat the people in the church with a level of respect because, watch this, don't let commonality get you. Amen. Watch the text now. Jesus said, they're asking the question, where did he get all? Why, how is this happening? It, watch this. Is it, is not this what? Huh? The who? You don't know who God is going to take out of this congregation and raise. Oh, oh, that's Bubba. I remember him when he was out there in the streets. I, I remember when he. No, but if God has called you out of the congregation to the clergy, or if he calls you out of the congregation to leadership, or he calls you to serve him, then you, you and I have to realize that there will be some people who will try to treat you as common. Are you with me? But watch this now. Watch, 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 watch what he said. He said, he said, they were astonished. They said, he said, is this not the carpenter's son? Is this, is not his mother called Mary and his brothers James and, and Joseph and Simon and Judas? Now, you do know that Jesus had a brother named Judas. You do know that, right? 
you do know that the same person that would betray him, he had to grow up with him, right? <laughs> By name only. <laughs> By namesake, right? It was a reminder to him that one day you will be betrayed. You know, one thing I, one thing I want to tell you about church membership, in church membership, we should be able to have understanding with each other. And with church membership and with members of a church, we should be able to love one another. We should be able, amen, to be around one another and have what's called cornicea. Amen. Have that kind of fellowship and also have genuine, listen to me real good, genuine relationships. It's the enemy who comes in and plants what? The what? The tears among us to cause friction among the membership. And you got to be careful, saints, that you don't get caught up in that kind of stuff. Watch the text. Watch the text now. You see, is this not Mary's brother? Listen, and his sisters, are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? Isn't that interesting? Jesus, who had grew up among them. He was just a carpenter's boy. That's all he was. He was, he was Jesus. They're like, oh, that's little Jesus running around. Right? And, and they could not believe that he had this much power. Where did he get that wisdom from? Where did he get, where did he get this from? Well, you, what you got to understand, he was God. He was man. And he had to learn how to grow up and live like us so that he, you think Jesus doesn't understand what it's like to be a teenager? Do you think Jesus don't understand what it's like to be a young adult? Do you think that he didn't have, have choices that he had to make? Well, make, watch this, uh, church club, uh, shoot, I got to pick one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Do I go to the bar mitzvah today or do I drink wine when I go to the wedding? Because everybody get drunk at the wedding. You know what I'm saying? He had those choices, and he, he overcame these things because, watch it, because in his humanity, he was able to overcome. What I'm trying to say to you is this. The church gives you that covering. Somebody need to know that. The church gives you the covering. It gives you the protection that you need, the instruction that you need so that you can live out here victoriously. Are you with me, somebody? He says right here, he says, the text says, where did he get all these things? Notice where he was. He was in the synagogue. Can I help somebody with something? You think you know a lot of stuff, but I want to tell you something. There's still more to learn. You will never exhaust your Bible. <laughs> Amen. But you cannot stop growing in stature, in wisdom, because the moment you stop growing, it's the moment you stop going. Are you with me? And watch this. The enemy does not want you to cherish your membership because he understands how powerful the membership is. Watch this. Can, can I say this? You ever notice that, the, that whenever something go down, the first thing that people say, I ain't going to church today. Anybody? Anybody? Anybody want to testify to that moment? Right? The first thing is, I ain't going to church today. Why is it that the first thing we say is we're not going to church? Do you not know that that day that you missed, you know what was going on? God was getting ready to speak to you. 
Do you not know that the moment you said, man, hey, look, and, and you, all you had to do was turn it on. All you had to do was pull it up. But, but something, there's some kind of force. Oh, let me talk to you right quick. There's a spiritual warfare that's going on between your brain, come on somebody, your heart and your spirit. And all of a sudden there's a fight. You ever feel turned in your spirit? Come on, y'all. Y'all going to be real with me? You, you just feel just like, man, I, man, I ain't watching nothing. I ain't, I ain't putting on nothing. I'm just, and the enemy does that. Why? Because if he can keep us back, he is at a seek and destroy mission for your life and my life. And if he can destroy the head, he will bring down the body. Watch what he says, Jesus said. Jesus said, and they took offense at him. But Jesus said to him, to them, a what? A prophet is without honor where? Honor except, is not without honor, except in his own what? How, hometown and in his own household. The reason I wanted to deal with this tonight is because I want to ask you as church members to get your household together. If you don't get home together, we can't grow together as church members. Oh, come on and say amen. It's time for men to step up and take the lead and say, you know what? We are committed to serving God together. Amen. And not only that, but the only way that we're going to make it, the only way that we're going to go forward, the only way that, that, that things are going to prosper in our lives is if we commit to the membership that we have in God's kingdom. We are kingdom people with a kingdom agenda. Watch this now. I have a sneaky suspicion in my sanctified imagination tonight that the reason that we're not seeing more miracles is because there's no honor in the home. And I'm talking about honor for Jesus. I'm talking about honor for his kingdom. Watch this. We treat Jesus like he's just a carpenter's boy. We treat Jesus like he's just another thing. You ever watch movies and every five words they say it's a cuss word with Jesus at the end of it. Pay attention to what's going on. Pay attention to what's happening. The society wants us to abandon the kingdom. You know how many churches close in a month? Do you know how many abandoned churches there are out here? Many to even count. But for some reason, we've become so critical of something that Christ died for. Come on, help me somebody. And I'm grateful to God that he has allowed me to be saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost and then brought me in when I should have been out. And the greatest thing that we can do with our lives is to get our household. Listen, everything starts at home. I, I tell people when I counsel them, it's not what happens in the counseling session that changes you. It's what you do after 
You with me? But if the house is not in order, how can everything else be in order, saints? Watch the text. This is the last, last piece you got to pay attention to. He said, and he did not do what? How, how many of you how many of you want a miracle? Let, 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 let me ask this question. How many need a miracle? I need a miracle. Can I, can I just tell you I need a miracle? I'm not out the water yet. I'm right there at the edge of it. Watch this. But, but I had to ask myself a question. Listen, can I tell you what happened to me during this pandemic? Honestly, I got complacent. I got, I got, I got comfortable just doing online church and, you know what I mean, not getting up like I should and doing what I'm supposed to do. You understand what I'm saying? And I said to the Lord, I said, how could I treat you this way? The conviction came upon my heart. I said, Lord, it's not about the building, but it's about the people. And your life is important to me. Okay, I, I want to tell you that as a pat, it's a big responsibility. But here's the thing: I want to say this to you. I'm asking God to show us more miracles. And Vision Church, we have seen. I watch God heal people. I'm serious. I've watched God bring people who've been in the hospital for three and six months, and they're out walking now. They're they, they can lift their hands now. They, they, can, they can walk around. They can do things that they could not have done before. And I, I attribute that to their belief. Amen. He says he did not do many miracles there. I want to ask the question, right? If he didn't do it there, Where will he do it? And if it's not here, we need a miracle. We're asking God. Listen, you need something in your life right now. You need a miracle. You need a miracle right now. But know this, you can't just stay at home and pray and think you're going to get your miracle. Remember what I talked about a couple Fridays ago? I said the, what, the impact of intercessors. And I thank God for all of you who pray. Because prayer, in the last six weeks, we have seen God do miracles. Things that we, ne we can't even explain, like, how is he doing it? We can't explain it, so we know it's got to be God. And let me say something about the church. God is going to take care of his church whether you do something or not. Okay, so when you think that, well, I, I, I can't do nothing this month. I can't do nothing this week. I can't give my money to church. I can't give my time. God got somebody else that he's going to double bless. 
And they're going to keep what they need, and they're going to give what, they, what, they, what they're going to give, and God is going to triple that blessing. Are you with me? Watch this, watch this, watch this. Go, go to Hebrews. So, so the church, Hebrews chapter 10, and we come to close. Hebrews chapter 10. And this passage of scripture, the context is a, is, is a little bit. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25. Let's back up to verse 19 because verse 19 talks about a new way of living. So in reality, the church, that, that, you know, the questions are, you know, what is the church? The New Testament word for church is the word ecclesia, E-K-K-L-E-S-I-A, ecclesia. That's the Greek word, and it's translated as church. The word ecclesia, or for the, that word church, it literally means an assembly of people. We assemble together, right? It, it is not stressing about, it's not emphasizing, I should say, a church building as it is a gathering of Christians. So what, what, what do we gather for? To worship, to fellowship, and to study God's word like a synagogue, okay? Worship, fellowship. You, you, know what, you, know why, you know what we're missing right now with the pandemic, with, 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 with on the end of the pandemic or in the middle of the pandemic, at the beginning? We were missing fellowship. But maybe God allowed it so that he could shift you and sift you and restructure you and replant you because maybe you had gotten stagnated in your membership. Do I have a witness? Watch this now. Watch this now. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 says, Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter what? The holy place by the blood of what? Jesus. By a new and living way, which he inaugurated for us through the veil that is his flesh. You know what he's talking about there? Membership. Through membership, you have access, listen to me real good now, through prayer into the throne room of heaven. That's what he's talking about there. He says, through the blood of Jesus Christ, when you open your mouth and say, Father, remember, only the high priest could go through the Holy of Holies and enter in and make intercession for everybody outside. But now through Christ and your membership in the kingdom, you, when you pray, oh, I wish I had somebody. Don't underestimate the power of prayer and what you have access to. Look what he says. He says, you go through that veil. See that? He says, and since we have a great high priest, 
Over what? I couldn't hear you. I could, what'd you say? Over what? Tell your neighbor membership. <laughs> Thank God that the, the church is also called not only the kingdom of God, not only the body of Christ, but the what? The house of God. And in the house, there's a family structure. I wish I had somebody. There's a father, <laughs> there's a mother, there is children, children in the family, and we are part of this house. Thank God that I have a house that I can go to. A man passed away, 87 years old, that I, that I eulogized on last Friday. He didn't have a house. He didn't have a church home. He didn't have a pastor who could speak well of him, who could say that this brother did such and such and such. You know, his life counted for something that God gave him a house to be part of. He didn't have that because he made a choice not to be part of the family. There are a lot of Christians who want Christianity without responsibility and accountability. And so, I got five minutes, but watch this. Let me, let me get to it before I go somewhere else. He says, 21, he says, and since we have a great high priest, that's Christ, over the house of God. Who's the high priest over the house of God? Jesus. All right? Now look at verse 22. Look what he says now. Look what he says now. He says, because you can enter in Man, listen, if you were, do, do you know, oh, man, I said I wasn't going to do this. Do you know upon salvation, there's 133 things that happens to you at salvation, and this is one of them. 133 things that happens that you have access to through your membership in the kingdom. Don't let nobody fool you about church membership, y'all. You have access through the veil. Lord, let me in, Lord. Let me in through the veil, Lord. When you come into the presence of God, listen, don't just make your church membership casual. Every now and then, come early. Come and sit in the sanctuary. Just, just come here and be like Anna. Is it Hannah? Hannah, I'm sorry. Hannah. In, in the temple where she was praying her lips was moving, her heart was moving, her lips was moving. Here's the thing, and they thought she was drunk. But see, she knew something about sitting and entering through the what? Through the veil. Now, you, could, you got your prayer closet. I get it. At home, I get it. I get all that. But this is what I call corporate worship. Corporate time where you sit and you just bask in his presence because you have access. I'm sorry. And he is the head of this house. Watch this. You know, what I, you know what I've always desired to do? To always make Jesus the centerpiece of this church. When you walk through the doors, you shouldn't see Pastor Hunt. You should see Jesus. And then you can see Pastor Hunt. You understand what I'm saying? And if Christ is the centerpiece... When you walk in here, 
no matter what you're dealing with, you know that he will assist you to go through it. Watch this now. He says, since we have this, verse 22 is key. Let us what? Draw near. Hmm. With a what? With a sincere heart in full assurance of faith. Let, let, me, let, me, let me tell you what he's saying. When you walk in here, walk in here with some confidence, will you? I came tonight to get what I came for. When you pray, if you're praying for something, pray with confidence. Lord, I'm asking you. God, I'm putting this before you, God, because I have the confidence that I can enter in and what I'm asking for, Jesus, I know that you're able to deliver. God can change that husband. He can change that child. He can change that loved one. He can heal the sick. He can raise the dead. And you have to approach him like he's already done it. We come, we come to, we come into the, we come so defeated. We come so defeated. We come so defeated, but we don't serve a defeated God. He says, he says, when you come, your heart has to be sincere. You know what I found out of a lot of people in church? They're not sincere in heart. They're sincere in words. But there's a lot of stuff going on in the heart. Watch this. He says, and then what? Full assurance of faith. Man, can you imagine if you start praying like this now? If you start believing, if you start saying, God, you said in your word from Pastor said that if I ask you with confidence, with a sincere heart, with faith, I will begin to see it happen. Watch what he says. He says, watch this. He says, and having our hearts sprinkled clean from all evil, from an evil conscience, and our body washed with what? Pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without what? Wavering. Watch this. For he who promised is faithful. What he's dealing with is this. That when you approach God in prayer, when you come into his presence through your membership, through your commitment, through your conscience being clean, your heart being right, you're going to get an answer today. Oh, I see people been praying for months and months and months and months and years and years and years and nothing is changing, nothing is moving, nothing is happening. My question is, what's going on in your heart? You are part of this church and you have access. Watch the, watch the text. He Verse 24 now, verse 24, so he says, let us consider how to stimulate one another. To what? Love and good deeds. Verse 25 is key. Not, and I'm closing, forsaking our what? our own assembling together as is the what? 
There are a lot of habits you can develop, and one of them is not coming to church. You can pick the Sunday that you're going to come. You know, you'd be like, I'm, I'm making it on first Sunday only. And then you can be a CME member. Christmas, Mother Day, Easter, you know, Thanksgiving, you know, add all those in there. You know what I mean? Special days, you know, family and friend days, pageant day, and all this other stuff. That's why the church started doing stuff like that. You know what I mean? You know, you do know that, right? You know where Sunday school came from, right? Okay, it wasn't just like a spiritual thing. <laughs> you know, they would try to draw people who were not interested in the church. But if you only understood how powerful your membership is, and listen, I've seen some people take advantage of it. And I've watched God do amazing things with their lives. He says, Let's, let us not, what, forsake our own assembly together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day is drawing near. There's a day we ain't going to be able to come. And that day showed up last year. Some, of, some people were like, oh, perfect. I was on my way out anyways. So, yeah, I'll just do it online. <laughs> That's the excuse now. You know, I'll, just do it. I'll just do it online. Let me say this to you. If you can't come, in, I'm about to say something else. If you can't come into the house of God, something be wrong with you. Because he says, let's stimulate one another to what? To love and good deeds. So if you're saying, well, I, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. God is saying to you, what's up? Do you not want to enter into this veil? What has happened to your heart is what I ask. And I leave you here tonight to encourage you this way. Make sure you continue to maintain your membership. Amen? Give God.